stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm joined by Zach's Momentum and Surprise Trader Editor, Dave Bartosiak, to discuss what's going on out there for 2018, what's hot in the new year, and will it be more of the same in some of these sectors and industries, or should you be in totally new areas? So welcome, Dave. It's now the new year. It's exciting. Happy New Year! That's right. You're in the warmer weather. We're in the Chiberia now here in Chicago. We got, you know, yeah. it's January. These things, they happen. It gets cold, but it's it's pretty darn cold here. I'm so spoiled. I know. Um, you Florida it's people. like 64 and rainy a little bit here. Okay. It's like, oh, the weather's terrible. <laughs> well, yes, it's all perspective, isn't it? Uh, but let's talk about some of the stuff that happened in 2017. A lot of people kind of tuned out the last week or two of December, but there were some hot trades going on. Um, I specifically noticed the gold trade. Now, gold ended up finishing the year up 13%. So that might not sound as hot as some of these other things, but it was up 4.4% in just the last three weeks of December. And that was mainly as the dollar weekend. And now we've started off 2018 with a, just above the $1,300 an ounce level, which I saw in um, one Reuters article said that this is only the fourth time ever gold has opened a new year above 1300 So that's that's kind of interesting. I know people are bored with gold or the metals in general because of what's going on with Bitcoin and the cryptocurrencies. That seems more glamorous and exciting. But it sounds like to me something's going on in the gold market. What do you make of gold right now? Yeah, you know, it was a choppy year uh, for gold, but it had sort of an overall bullish trajectory early on. So it started 2017 down at you know 1100 11 like 1150 and would chop up and then retrace so it would go up you know a couple hundred bucks and then give back 80 and it just kept sort of doing that until we had a big rally off of the july lows so july we're down around 1200 dollars, and then it rallied up to the yearly high um near 1350 into early september and then we were kind of chopping around within that range. But over the last few weeks, like you said, went from, you know, 1236 all the way up over 1300. The interesting part about it to me is that typically you have sort of an inverse relationship between gold and the 10 year. Mm -hmm. So if you think of so when rates, you know, go down, that's bullish for gold. But what's been happening over the last several weeks here is that gold is on the rise even as the 10-year is starting to tick to the upside. So I don't. I, I think maybe it's just a function of a little bit of risk off and trying to find something not correlated to the, the equity markets because I think people are – some people are starting to get worried about how hot some of these industries have been, about how hot some yeah. places in the market have been. And, and so they're just being a little bit cautious, taking a little bit of money off the table and putting it in some non-correlated assets. So I think that's really what the trade is there. Could it also um, be an inflation play here, finally? 
that some some people are getting a little nervous maybe about inflation, so they're going into the gold for that reason? Yeah, so I think you're getting a little, a little bit of that. Um, but really, you know, it, it's like we're seeing this little uptick in, in the 10-year, but if you go out towards the 30-year, right, the, the curve overall is still kind of flattish. Um, so the inflation expectations, I think, have increased over the short term, but then over the long term, they're still kind of flat. Um, so I think it's a little bit of hedging against that. You know, if inflation does start to pick up over the long over the long term, uh, then then gold should be positioned pretty pretty yeah. well for that. But it's not like a you know a massive influx where they're bidding it up like crazy. I think you're just seeing kind of you know more cautious yeah. investors start to to hedge their bets a little bit. Now I I took a look at a few of the big gold miners, which I to be honest haven't looked at in at least a year, maybe maybe even longer. Yeah. They've been completely off the radar. Uh, but I looked at Newmont, which is ticker NEM. They're only up 2.4% over the last month, and they're not even at their one-year highs. And that's just been kind of trading in a, like a narrow range for the last year. It's not been real exciting given everything else going on in the markets right now. This is not where I would want to be. Um, so you're not really seeing anybody getting excited that Newmont, you know, is going to make a run here or anything. But then I looked at Freeport McMoran, um, or McMoran. I never f- remember how they pronounce that one. Um, uh, Mac Moran. Oh, is it uh, Mac Moran? Okay. There's the third. Yes. Uh, that sounds right. Tomato, um, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> that ticker is FCX and those shares soared in December up 39%. They're now at two year highs. Some of that is probably on the gold side, but I'm assuming some is their oil um, holdings as well. And those it's earnings estimates. Is, uh, copper also. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, that's right. So it's like all these combinations of the commodities that have been hot. Because copper, copper was up 31% last year and is at three-year highs now as well. So um if you're in some of these real hot commodity areas it sounds like maybe you do want to be taking a look at some of those stocks i don't know this one's had a b- pretty big run and i used to own it in the insider trader earlier in the year because some insiders were buying in there um but it was we we got in a little too early we got in before this big surge in sure. december here but it's trading about 17 times earnings that's not so bad and those earnings estimates do look pretty good Going into right. the twenty eighteen, that exposure to oil, like you said, yeah, and crude has been one of the surprises uh, over the last, really into into this last uh, few months here. Yeah, what do you make uh, of that? Is that a trade I want to be in? Finally, they had been under, you know, crude was under pressure. Uh, I was personally short crude in uh, in July and August. And was there for the reversal up in my, you know, in in my face. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, and then when it reversed, it uh, broke through this downward trend channel that um, that had been established for a few months. Really, for all of 2017, you had a series of descending highs happening on crude. Once it break, once it broke that, then it was pretty much off to the races. But that was basically broke that channel in early September with crude down at 49. And wound up trading. You know, now we're over sixty dollars. Yeah, um, on crude. Um, so very bullish during a, a seasonally weak period of demand for crude. 
Yeah. Because um, usually the summertime is when things pick up, right? Because you right. got people driving all over. And, and But I think part of that is sort of, uh, you know, part of it's the, just the strength of the global economy, I think, um, which was echoed by what we were just talking about before, copper. You know, copper yeah. is a, a very industrial metal, so when you see those prices start to go, it means that, you know, things are taking off. So crude helped to follow follow in with that. Uh, and the other thing that you brought up earlier was the uh, the dollar. Yeah. Um, and having that, that weakening dollar, um, it's definitely an effect of that, too. For sure. Yeah, it hit a four-month low against the euro recently, so... Um, yeah, and it doesn't look like it's going to let up anytime soon. Um, it's right now that I mean that dollar versus the euro is really it's ticking up against the 2017 highs. Yeah. So um, if it breaks out from here, um, it could could just be the the beginning of the run. What do you make of another metal, palladium? That was the big winner in 2017. It was up 54 or 55 percent, I think, for that year, and that is because um, of fears of shortages, I guess, as a lot of countries are tightening their emission standards, because this is found in autos, right, in cars. Uh, it's oh, at- so, so, yeah, palladium is the, uh, that's what they put in the catalytic converters, right? Okay, yes, I think so. So it's at 17-year yeah. highs, and it's near its all-time high. C- could that still make a run, or is this whole shortage issue kind of like a one-time thing, and it's already kind of played out? No, you know, I, it's it's like any of these precious metals, right? It's there's something happens that creates a surge in demand, and then it pushes those prices up. And then now that those prices are that much more attractive, then the miners start making investments to make sure they dig more of it out of the ground, yeah, adding to the supply, and then the prices come back, you know, into kind of more normalcy. So I think that's what's going to end up happening also with palladium. I don't like to chase those things for too long. Um, and, and I know that, you know, mining more of a metal isn't something that, like, you can just flip a switch and then suddenly it's there, right? Yeah. It's not like oil where they just shut the derrick off and then they can turn the derrick back on, right? Most of these are, are going. Um, the, the, the mines aren't stopping, you know. So, I, I but I do think that as people understand that these miners are going to be digging more out of the ground and it's, going to be adding more supply that that will put pressure on those prices so i I, when they have runs like that i just don't i try not to chase those forever okay is there anything uh, else in the commodities area you like is there something we Um, should be looking a couple commodities were actually really awful in 2017 but it's ones like that you can't buy a stock for. So like orange juice was down 29%, sugar was sure. down 22, cocoa was down 11%. That's only if you're trading in those commodities, you know, are you impacted yeah, really? Yeah, but it, is there it, anything well, else I mean, is there, you know, cuz it seems like commodities are kind of the hidden story going into 2018. Not a lot of people are talking about um um but yet as we were just saying, several of them have really good years. I think you're going to have a split um, in commodities, very similar to the split that you had in the market last year. I mean, you've got some industries that basically doubled last year and, and others that have crumbled. Um, so into this year, I think that you're going to have certain commodities 
like you said, sugar, um, that are still going to come under some pressure. I think there's just kind of a a change in our consumer attitude around sugar overall. (laughs) Yeah. That um, we're starting to, you know, big sugar is not in control anymore. Right. Right. for, for those uh, document documentary fans on uh, on Amazon, um, that I think you're seeing. A, a, but the metals, so lighter metals. So think like aluminum. Um, that is going to do better because now cars are less and less steel and more and more aluminum and you know carbon fiber and lighter things. So I, I think commodities that can take advantage of these increased efficiencies. Plus, even with batteries, so you know we're we're still looking for lithium, right? Because we're we're afraid yeah. that there's going to be a shortage of lithium. Although the battery technology is changing now too, so. Um, but I think that's where you got to think. You got to think techy. You got to think more efficient. And the commodities which are going to benefit from that are going to do better this year. And then those that are kind of that old guard um, aren't going to fare as well. I don't think. Okay. So tobacco also, I think you're going to yeah. see come under serious pressure. Okay. Um, so I don't know about tobacco and sugar. I would kind of stay, even dairy products. I think that kind of thing I probably would continue to stay away from. Okay. What do you think about the FANG going into this year? They had another good year in 2017. Is it done now? Is there going to be rotation out of that? Or is that you know story going to continue with this great global economy? These are global companies, obviously. So I don't know that FANG is going to have um, the sorts of years that it's had in the past in the future. I think you're going to start to see things sort of slow down for them. Yeah. Um, as Fang, and I think you got to take Netflix out of Fang almost. If we're talking Facebook, Amazon, and Google. Yes. Um, I think that is sort of the, you know, the triumphant, that is the, uh, the, the holy trinity of tech. And, they're going to behave much more like your traditional blue chip stocks. Okay. Um, but Netflix is still kind of a huge growth story there. I think as, I mean, you can go through each one, right? So, yeah. so Facebook is just kind of, everyone has it now, right? Right. <laughs> so they have to come up. It's no longer about that monthly average user growth. It's about them hanging on. Um, and with the advertising, and then so now they're in a you know in a battle now for your for your eyeball. Um, then Google, well, Alphabet uh, is going to butt heads with Facebook more and more throughout the course of this year. It's all about just online advertising, and they're getting into some other businesses um, and butting up. So then Amazon and Google now are fighting. I, I mean, I pay fifteen dollars a month for the Google Play Music thing, whatever it's called, right? Okay. Um, so I have like YouTube Red that is included in there. Um, I got music, and then I have nice. that home speaker, you know, where I can yell yeah. at it and it starts playing music for me. <laughs> and then Amazon has Alexa, right? So there's you know the same thing there. I'm surprised Facebook hasn't entered that space yet. But anyway, so so you have kind of you gotta you sort of decide which ecosystem you want to get in. Yeah, and I guess Apple also. You know, I almost want to throw Apple in the mix with these guys because. Um, that's sort of what's going to happen is you have like a gateway to technology. So you got to pick which gateway you're going to go with in your daily life. And that's pretty much what's happening now. Yeah. Um, and it's strange. I don't know if like this is the year that it happens, but you know, home automation I think is going to be a huge theme this year. Is um, that where like your, 
you can turn on, you know, certain things from yeah. home or you're at work and you decide to do the laundry and you can turn it on or whatever. Yeah, you're unlocking doors, yeah. you're turning on lights, you're, you know, doing the heating. But Pulling the more shades. More in the way of efficiency, though, you know? It's not about, you know, oh, I, you know, I, I turn all the lights on in my house and I just leave them on and I go outside and whatever. Yeah. Um, here it's, you know, the lights turn on as you need them, right? So as you're in a room, then that's going to start to, that's going to come on. And then your your heating is really the big part, you know, with the nest. Yes. Um, heating and cooling. It's like you don't necessarily need your house to be 72 degrees all the time. You know, right. if you're not home for eight hours a day, why are you paying for that? So I think that's going to be more and more commonplace. And as these are integrated with the Google Homes and the, you know, Amazon uh, Alexas of the world, um, I, I think it's going to be more up. she's yelling at me right now. I don't know if you heard her in the background. No. She's live. So if I refer to her, she starts talking to me. (laughs) Nice. Your Alexa or your Google, whatever, your Google Alexa thing. Yes. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it's pretty funny. You can uh, ask it all sorts of things. And you don't realize how often you look something up until you have a speaker listening to you. Um, and then you're like, oh, yeah, so you just throw out these random things all the time. Anyway, um, but home automation, I think, is, is is right there. Okay. And that's the kind of thing that you spend money on when you have extra. Right. For and sure. 20, 2018 is definitely going to – we're going to start to see some excess, I think. Yeah. I saw some excess year, over sure. New Year's Eve. I wanted to see- – I- there were a lot have, more people just like out, it felt like, and mm-hmm. at the more expensive restaurants where in prior years they might not have spent what they were spending. So that's good for hospitality and restaurant industry, but you could definitely see. Away, yeah, totally. And it, without giving away too much information, Tracy, um, I, uh, you know me in cars. Yes. So there's a there's a new one. There is. There's a new one, and we can talk about it later. Okay. But they did. You're gonna not, keep me in suspense. Wait, when I did this happen? Just in the last this week. Happened on New Year's, on the day before. Wow. The last day of the year. Okay. So I went in the last day of the year. I got this. I got the deal of the century. Okay. But that's not the part that. Oh. <laughs> makes me want to like just slap, slap everyone involved. Um. I got the loan, which was a significant amount of money. Okay. With no income verification. Wow. So you just walked in and they gave you the keys and you drove away. No income verification. Wow. Yeah. Uh-oh. So, That's not good. Um, That's not a good sign. That is when not, they, they're, you know, trying to get any customer they can, obviously. There were some banks that wanted it, required it. Yeah. And then there were others that, that didn't, but, you okay. know, you had to, you know, whatever. Yeah. Obviously, I put there's money down, but yeah. still, you should probably verify. So, yeah. again, I'm not going okay. to say which bank. Right. Um, but that sort of thing is happening, and it's, yeah. so it makes you wonder. That's a late cycle um, type of thing in the economic yeah. cycle. Yeah. Now, this is the first time that's happened to me. Okay. And you, you buy like, cars pretty often, so you, you would know. I, I do. It's not like me every 20 years. <laughs> I do. No, I'm in there all the time. And yeah. then I, I, help, I help family shop for cars, too. So okay. We so got, this... mom, mom got a new Honda Fit. 
Wow. Okay. Did she get the same kind of loan deal or what were they doing? Well, she got a lease. She okay. It. Okay. Um, and so they did vet her a little bit, but I don't even know that she had to show a pay stub. I'll have to ask her if yeah. she ever sent in a pay stub. Okay. Because I don't, we didn't, we didn't when we made the deal, let's put it that way. So okay. upon finalization, maybe they did, but so the banks are throwing around money. Um, when it comes to consumer type stuff. Yeah, the, I feel like that could lead to the inflation thing, like I was saying with the gold that they're worried about because, you know, the economy is heating up, banks are lending, and we got these big corporate tax cuts. There's going to be a lot of money just slashing around, I feel. So, yeah, long, but the, the only thing that's been stopping it from happening is our trickle down is not trickling. Right. There's not yet. No trickle. Not yet. So we need to see wage growth. Yeah. And when we start seeing wage growth, and, and we've, I mean, we've heard stories of people, um, you know, getting huge raises by going to competitors, but yeah. we haven't started. We haven't heard yet the deal of, hey, I'm paying you to stay here. Right. But I think this year you might start to see some of that. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so does this mean that you're kind of sour on the auto stocks? What do you think about them in 2018, like GM I'm, I'm and not, Ford? Yeah, I mean, so there is um, a huge, there's like a battle happening in the auto industry. There's always a battle in the auto industry. But there's people sacrificing today for tomorrow, and then there's other people that are doing the exact opposite. So Ford, for example has been making huge investments in electric car technology and autonomous driving and all that. Whereas some other companies um, are kind of more focused on just selling things today. Maybe they have one electric car, two electric cars in the lineup, but it's not really a focus of theirs. So what's going to end up... And then there's this other shift just in consumers where people aren't buying cars as much. They're doing car sharing, you know, the zip car. Yeah, and things that, like that. that's like me. Yeah, but that's going to evolve into autonomous car sharing. So, like, ride sharing and car sharing are going to be one and the same. Yeah. Because you don't need a, the driver to do it. So that's kind of where it's going to go. And this is going to happen quicker than people realize, I think. Um, so Nissan has a huge car sharing um program that they have in Japan right now, and it's only with electric vehicles. Uh, BMW has one in China. And so different different car makers are starting to latch on and do these huge car sharing services, which is interesting because you wouldn't think that the auto manufacturer would really care about car sharing, right? Like right. Why, why do you want a bunch of people to have access to your car for cheap? Right. Um, but that's that's where things are evolving to. And it's hard here in the U.S. You know, there's a lot of Tesla bears out there that look at the valuation yeah. and think of them as, and, and, and mistakenly think of them as a car company um, and look at the valuation and just think there's no, it's crazy. Um, because they don't see the infrastructure play yet. But if you look in other countries, if you look in Europe, if you look in Asia, there's a ton of investment being made in the electric car infrastructure, so the supercharging networks, um, things like that, so that more people have access to electric vehicles. 
here in the U.S., you don't really, it's, it's not really, if we were in California, I think it's a different conversation about Tesla than when you're sitting in Chicago. Yeah. Because you just can't see. Honda has a new car uh, called the Clarity that you can get it with a hydrogen fuel cell. Okay. So it's zero emissions. Oh, wow. Um, which is crazy. Yeah. Hydrogen fuel cell technology. Like, that's here now. So the the auto industry, those that are kind of planning two, three years out, I think are going to do great. But the ones that are just all about today and selling the car today, uh, they're going to be in trouble because you got all these cars that are coming back on leases, which is going to put used car prices under pressure, which is going to make the new leasing much tougher in 2018. But as long as the economy is rocking and rolling, banks will be willing to finance these deals and it won't matter. Right. What do you think of... that cycle starts to end, they're in huge trouble. Right. What do you think of um, Ferrari? I know we talked about it in 2017. The ticker is RACE, R-A-C-E. With the global economy really heating up, I would think they'd be really well positioned for 2018. Is that still a buy here going into this year? They had a great year this year. Um, they are not going to have as good of a year next year. Okay. So you had sort of their initial saturation of the market. So they're going into Asia where they never sold Ferraris before, right? You're going into these places where the average person would never, or not average, but your, their target market just didn't exist there. Right. And then now the upper middle class, you got people with money in China and Ferraris dropped their offerings, so now you can get a Ferrari California. Their, well, their entry-level car was the California, which was a V8 GT hardtop convertible thing. That's gone. Now they have the Portofino. So they're hoping that the Portofino is going to entice a lot of these Chinese buyers, and they're going to get a ton of growth from their Asian, their Asian market. Okay. But Ferrari's having a little bit of a identity crisis right now because there's all this competition at the very high end from other manufacturers. Um, they've always been in competition with Lamborghini, but now you have, right. you know, McLaren coming out and really, really doing um, crazy things with their cars. Mercedes has a new uh, hypercar that that they're going to unveil here over the course of the next year. So there's a lot of competition, um, and they had a great year with huge growth, and that's going to slow. I think uh, so. Stay away from the stock. Yeah, I'm good. I I don't know about Ferrari this year. I think they've had their run. And if you look at Volkswagen, I think they can bounce back from Dieselgate. And Lamborghini's introducing an SUV this year. So I think eventually Ferrari's going to chase that, and you'll have a Ferrari SUV. But as they're doing that, they're sort of weakening their brand. Yeah. Um, So I, I, I think the run is over for Ferrari. Um, one last question before we wrap up. Um, what do you think on the IPO front this year? We haven't really talked about that. There's a lot of noise and maybe buzz about Pinterest finally going public. But otherwise, I haven't really heard of, you know, that we're not going to get an Uber, at least not until 2019. And then the other, only other big one that I can think of would be, you know, Airbnb. What do you think on the IPO front? Yeah, I well, what about, uh, is Palantir finally going to happen? Oh, I don't know. There's been a lot of talk about that one, too. Because that would be a good one. Very secretive sort of company. Yeah. 
they have done it right. So does this mean you're going to come up to Chicago when one of these big guys does announce the IPO so we can do our live IPO show again? As long as it's warm when they do. (laughs) Maybe they'll announce for, you know, the fall for like September or something like that. That would be great. (laughs) I could do that. We could do any time in June. June, I hear June is a great time of year for IPOs. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Well, um, because it's been a while. It's been a couple of years since we did our now infamous Alibaba two and a half hour live show on that crazy IPO. Um, I would have yeah. thought we would see, you know, at least, well, I mean, we did get Snapchat. There's been a few smaller type popular ones, but we haven't gotten another one of these big mega ones in a while. So I feel like it's no, time. we really haven't. Yeah. We really haven't. But this could um, be the year, 2018. I, I think it will as the market's really rocking and rolling. I, I Pretty much everybody thinks we're going to have a great 2018, which makes me nervous. But when you look at the earnings growth, uh, especially in the small caps after the tax cut, it's going to yeah. be hard for stocks to not go up. Yeah, that's going. We're going to see some massive growth there. And a couple of the quarters already, when you factor in the tax cuts, it's projected to go up like fifty percent in the small caps. That's yeah, huge. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, huge. Um, so, and then one of the the largest beneficiaries um, is the energy sector here in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, so, they'll do well. Retail. Retail could do real well. Yeah, retail will continue to do well. It's weird. I'm so disconnected from the real world of retail because down here in South Florida, it's a parallel universe. Yeah. You it's said- so busy here at the malls 100% of the time <laughs> that I have no gauge of what normalcy looks like. Yeah. None whatsoever. So I have no idea what it's supposed to look like. All right. We won't um, use you on any podcasts about retail. No, you can't. You, you can't. Not if you're trying to get... Yeah. The full picture. Okay. Well, I'm going to wrap up. So let's go over those tickers again. Um, we'll be sure to have Dave on again later on this year, multiple times, obviously, because there's a lot of big topics that are brewing out there. And um, we mentioned some of the gold and commodities plays. So Newmont, I wasn't a real big fan. The ticker is NEM. Then uh, Freeport McMoran or McMoran, um, that one could be interesting one to watch, FCX. We mentioned Fang, of course, Facebook. I own that one and Alphabet, Google, G-O-O-G-L, and then Facebook, FB. I own those in my own account. There's always Amazon. I own that one too, A-M-Z-N. Doesn't everyone own these? I think they do. These are just like the core holdings now. And then we mentioned a lot of the auto stocks. Um, some of those could be interesting, but um, Dave wasn't a big fan of Ferrari, which is R-A-C-E. That's easy to remember. And he thinks people are too bearish on the Tesla. T-S-L-A there. And then there's always, of course, the standard bearers, GM, which is GM, and Ford, which is just F. Um, so we're going to be watching all these topics all year. I always like the beginning of the new year because uh, you kind of get this clean slate and we're able to kind of uh, have very optimistic views <laughs> going forward here. And why not? There's a lot to be optimistic about in the start of 2018. And we're going to be tuning in all year on the Market Edge to bring you all the um, exciting action on the stock market and all these interesting financial areas. So be sure to subscribe on iTunes or on SoundCloud so that you get all of our episodes every week. And I'll see you again next time.